You're listening to one of the sermons preached from Shalom Baptist Chapel, recorded at one of our worship services. Welcome to Shalom. And uh, <clears throat> despite the thing that is going around, COVID-19, I'm glad that we can still come together and worship and be encouraged. And we come with the assurance, of course, if you are sick, you shouldn't come. But um, yes, I think we come with the confidence that Jesus, confidence in the words of Jesus that says, peace I leave to you, peace not of the world, peace that no one can give, peace that only I can give. And I leave it to you. And that is the peace that God has given to us. And with that peace, irrespective of what happens in our lives, and in the nation and in the world, we can continue to experience the calmness, the spirit within us, with that serenity in our soul. Even thousands may fall beside us. And then we can continue to say that it is still well with my soul and that God is still on his throne and God is faithful. Amen? So with that, let us continue to pray and ask that as we continue to worship him today by listening to what he has for us, that we will have that peace within us. So let me pray for that peace as we hear his words. So Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask of you that would you come again and uh, fill us, ignite that peace, activate that peace that our Lord Jesus has given to us. That as we continue to worship you by listening to you, to your word and to the message that you have for us today, would you grant us that peace in our hearts? so that our hearts are open, our ears are open, and our minds are open to receive from you and to continue to have the faith and the trust that, God, you are still on your throne, and then you are faithful. Thank you for the peace that you have given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. For in his name we pray. Amen. We are in the midst of um, this (coughs) series called Beneath the Surface. And the reason why we are doing Beneath the Surface is like we said, (coughs) it's based on the (coughs) vision 2022 that God has given to us. That is to be a healthy church for people inside and outside our community. What that basically means is that there are six, go- six realities that we want to realize. Six realities that we want to realize by the end of 2022. And these are the six realities that we really believe that God will give to us as we put our hands, our hearts, and our service together. Okay, so in light of that, a healthy church... A healthy church for people inside and outside the church. Healthy. The concept of healthy. That's why we are doing this series called Beneath the Surface. Beneath the Surface because beneath the surface uh, has to do with 
the life, the inner emotions that we all have. <clears throat> it's about emotional health. Why emotional health? Because emotional health is the key to opening up the freedom that we have been given to grow spiritually mature. Because as the author of the book, Spiritually, Emotionally Spiritually Healthy, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro, he said this, that you cannot, it is impossible, it is impossible for you to grow spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. So if our emotional health is not good, then it doesn't matter on the surface what we do. You can do a lot of Bible study until the cow comes home. But you, you can still be stagnant in your spiritual maturity because you have not touched the thing that is coming out from inside. And that's why we want to do beneath the surface because it has to do with our emotional health that is connected to our spiritual health. And like we said, beginning of this year, that we want to focus on our spiritual health because out of our spiritual health, it is like the spring well that flows everything out of that into our lives, our families, our work, our studies, our personal lives, and so and so forth. <clears throat> Last week, we said that there are seven pathways or seven ways that we can... Uh, go about dealing with our emotions, addressing the emotional health. Seven ways uh, given by Peter Scazzaro. Last week, we dealt with the first one. <clears throat> and the first one, how we can address our emotional health so that we can become better. We can become better person, better husband, worker, student, and so on and so forth. The first step is to be what? Aware is to know our true self. Is to know our true self. And how do we know our true self? We said there are three simple steps that you have to take. Awareness, asking, and? Wow. I thought all of you forgot. Praise the Lord. At least there is one of you who remembers. <laughs> okay. And aligning. Awareness is about being aware of the emotions that we feel and then asking why we feel those emotions and then finally aligning those feelings, aligning our true self to the gospel truth. Because the gospel truth tells us really we are quite messed up, but at the same time the gospel truth brings us the hope that you can be as messed up as you can be, but in Christ Jesus you are loved beyond your imagination. And so that was the first thing. Today is the second pathway or today is the second practical step which is connected to the first one. And today <coughs> we are going to talk about <coughs> breaking, uh, breaking the power of the past. Breaking away from the power of the past. We all have past. You may be asking, what about, what, what is this past that we are talking about? Well, we are talking about family. We are talking about family uh, because family is powerful. And we all grew up in a family, right? <clears throat> and family 
influences us and, and shapes us in the way that we are today. Actually, the family that you are functioning or the family that you are so-called running actually has been what? Shaped and influenced quite a lot from your own family. That now you have a family, you have your own children. A lot of things are being shaped and influenced by your own family. And this guy said quite, I thought it was quite interesting. He said something like this, church, there is no doubt that it is around our family and our home that all the greatest virtues, the most dominant virtues of human are created, strengthened, and maintained in the family or from the family. Isn't it true? All the virtues of life are somehow, somewhat shaped and influenced by our own families of origin. <coughs> there is this, uh, <coughs> anybody heard of this one? The Bevere system <coughs> model, anyone? No, all right. There's this model called the Bevere system model and in this model, they, will, they, they suggest that there are five levels of family functions. The five levels, how family functions, how families are. Level five is what they call the family in pain. <laughs> Anybody here, your family is in pain? <clears throat> Not just the physical pain, <laughs> okay? But this family in pain, level five, the family in pain, has to do with, uh, uh, in other words, the family in pain is a disturbed family. It's, a, it's, it's really disturbed. In a sense that the words like, chaos, confusion, and turmoil. These are the words that you will find in this family. That there's a lot of chaos. There's no structure. Everyone is doing his or her, her own stuff. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of conflict within the family. It's, the other word would be dysfunctional. Quite dysfunctional. Level four is called the borderline family. Level four is called the borderline family. The borderline family is basically the family is polarized. In other words, that there is a there is some kind of structure. There is a dictatorship in the family. It, it could be the father. It could be the mother. It's like I am the king here. I am the queen here. I rule the family. And and there will be black and white rules. Like in our family, in this family, we do things like this. We don't hold the cup like this. We hold the cup like this. Whatever. We we squeeze the toothpaste like this, not like that. You know that kind of thing. This is the rule. And so. Some of you, you grew up with that kind of thing. And that's why you do certain things. Why you do certain things is because you grew up in the borderline family. Because that's it. Black and white. There is no gray area. If there is a smoke, there is fire. That's it. There is no other explanation. If he's like this, if he's reacting like this, that means he has cheated or he has some. It's just really straight black and white. There is nothing else. That's the borderline family. The other one, the level three family, is called the rule-bound. Rule-bound family. Rule-bound family is considered the average family. They are like the averaged in terms of comparison. And in this rule-bound family, uh, usually the family members will feel loved and uh, 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 the feelings will be acknowledged in this rule-bound family, level three. But at the same time, there are also unspoken rules. There, there are 
assumptions, there are uh, expectations from, from each other, from the family members. It's like, if you love me, Luther, you would obey me. If you love me, you would do the dishes, you know, that kind of thing. So it's an unspoken, but there is a rule going on around. And somehow there will be some kind of manipulation in this family because, oh, well, if you truly, you know, say, if you really agree with me, you would not do that kind of stuff, right? That kind of stuff. So level two and level one are combined. And level two and level one are called the adequate or the optimal family. Level two and level one are kind of quite similar. Uh, why? Because level two and level, fam- level one family, the adequate and optical family, they are more flexible. Like they have rules, but they are also quite flexible. They think outside the box. They don't just squeeze the toothpaste from this direction. They also do from this direction. They also like, oh, they are just flexible. Okay? <clears throat> and then there's trust. There's this trust, they, they, they trust each other, and there's this teamwork, whenever there is a conflict, they will come together, and they will resolve together out of love. The difference between level one and level two family is uh, delight. Level one, the family level one, is delight. Delight as in, in level one family, these family members, they will have great delight to come together as a family. They can't wait uh, for their office to finish to go back home. They can't finish, they can't wait to finish their school to go back home and eat together and laugh together and play together. They, they, they just delight with each other, the family members. So that's the difference. So there are these five levels <coughs> of family. And so the question is, which one do you belong to? Which one did you grow up with? Level one, two, three, four, five. I'm sure uh, uh, most of us may have kind of a mixed you know, mixed of level that, level that, or some of you may be really just level four, level three, and all those. <clears throat> but the point is this one. The families that we grew up with has great, great influences in it. In fact, it is so great that actually some of it, or rather I would say even many of it, we are not aware of it. It's like, where did this come from? Where is this pattern? Where is this pattern of behavior or thinking came from? And we thought that we learned from school. We thought we learned from our friends, but we actually learned from our own families of origin. That's why <clears throat> there's this saying, and I like it. <clears throat> it says, Jesus may be in your heart, but Grandpa... Is in your bones. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa is in your bones. It's like, what does that mean? I also don't know. Never mind. I mean, I'm just saying. But I think <clears throat> the idea of this saying is that even if we become followers of Jesus Christ, Naturally, there is a great tendency uh, among every one of us to continue with our family thinking pattern, to continue on with our family behavior patterns. And so on the outside, we may profess, I believe in Jesus, I have become a Christian. But in terms of the thinking, the worldview, the behavior patterns never changes because it is very hard to change because you grew up 
we're in a family that since your birth, your parents has been indoctrinating you with all these values. I'm not saying negatively, okay? But in a general sense, both positive and negative patterns and behaviors of thinking and, and behaviors. So that's why you may become Jesus' followers, but internally your behavior, your thinking, they may not change because you are still in your family and so you are so ingrained, you are so imprinted, they are so imprinted in your life, in your DNA, that even if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, actually your values have not changed. Uh, Peter Scazzaro said <clears throat> like this, we often underestimate the deep unconscious imprint our families of origin leave on us. Each of our family members has imprinted certain ways of behaving and thinking into us. <clears throat> Isn't it true? Now, <clears throat> having said that, Peter Scazzaro provided 10 commandments of families. 10 commandments of families. In other words, what he is saying is simply this. There are these 10 areas, the list can go on, but there are these essential 10 areas or 10 things about life that when we grew up in a family, they would leave, they would leave an imprint in our lives with regards to these 10 areas of our lives. Isn't it true? Money, our views of money, how we grew about viewing money, Money is everything. You want to do everything, you don't have money. I wanted to say something in Chinese, I forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, cannot. You know, GG, good game. Huh? You, 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 you may have passion, you may have all the skill, you don't have money, cannot. So how you grew up with the money? Oh, money isn't, or maybe your family said, no, 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 money isn't everything. Money can buy everything, but cannot buy your soul, cannot buy your happiness. That kind of family, very good, huh? <laughs> or, so there are different ways, all the values that we grew up with, right? How about conflict? It's like some, some, some families, and mine is one. Conflict avoidance. No, 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 no. Peace. Peace. Jesus said, peace I leave to you. As much as possible, be in peace. That's why, naturally, I am never a person that loves to, to confront. You know? I, I don't like it. I don't like it. You know? I, I will always avoid. And that's how I grew up because of my family. Um, the nature of our families, family is like that. <clears throat> you know, my parents are like, hey, you know, just, just leave it. If it's Okay. We, we, we will take the losing side. That's, that's fine. That's fine. If they're happy, that's fine. It doesn't take. Even in the, some of the hard decisions in our lives, there, there was one episode in our lives that was really heart-wrenching. Uh, and we, some of us, we wanted to pursue, uh, uh, pursue that person that inflicted some kind of a very bad thing on our families. And actually, some of our family members actually suspected the person who did that to us. But my parents said, for what? Why do you want to do that? Even if he's the person, then what? What do we get? So that, 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 that is how I grew up. So it's like, just, just avoid. If, if you can avoid the conflict, just, just avoid. So I don't know if that, if that speaks about your family. How about sex? It's like, ooh, that's a big thing, right? It's like all Asian. It's like we are we never, I grew up. I grew up in a family, never talk about sex. It's like, nah, you don't even mention that word. It's like, whoa, 
voice, like, you know, scold you or slap you or devil. What do you say just now? Where's my can? Where's my stick? You know, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. No, I didn't say that and my father didn't do that, okay? But I'm just giving you a picture. But the idea is that it's, it's kind of like, oh, we leave it to the school and all those, oh, we, we, we leave it, you know, you go and find out your own self, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's a big thing. How about grief and loss when we achieve that? How about expressing anger? We see from our parents, right, how they express anger. And I tell you, the parents, uh, how they react, that's, that's how they, kept, uh, they, they, they will catch on us. Family, how about success? How do we view success? <clears throat> success in my family was also a big thing uh, because of the background that my parents came from. Because my parents came from a very difficult, very low uh, estate, you know, and so it was very difficult for them. So my dad worked his blood out for us. And he said, you know, I will never, I don't want both of you to experience what I've experienced. So that was my dad. So I love him for, the, for that. And I was like, wow, he's the, he's the greatest dad, okay, uh, other than your, all your other great dad, dads, all right? That's okay. But that's, that's who I grew up. And so success was something, yeah, not just for the sake of money, but so that you, you should be successful in what you do, so that you are in a position to help people. People like us, we struggle. And so that was how I grew up. So success is not, so that was the view of success. And so I think we, have, we grew up in a different view of success. Attitudes, how about attitudes? Relationships and emotions. How do you express your emotions, your feelings? It's like uh, whether in your family, you grew up in a family where my, my family is like more kind of a traditional conservative. That's how I grew up. So it's, it's, it's very hard to express. It's like we, we, we didn't grow up like, okay, you know, uh, our parents saying that, okay, let's gather around during the winter, uh, hot chocolate, coffee. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, son, share us about your feelings. How are you feeling? Uh-huh, no, we, I didn't grow up like that, you know. And I think most of you didn't grow up either that way. But, so that's, that's how we know. So how about, like, how do you express? So, and I think all these, I think, really affects. And I think some of you, why you are not expressive is because you are brought up that way. You keep your feelings with yourself. So come to think of it, that's, that's how all things are connected. It's not anyhow like, oh, God made me like this, Liao. What to do, Gigi? No. Family of origin has a lot of things to do with in terms of even of our discipleship, in terms of following Jesus as well. So it continues from one generation to another generation, right? It, it continues. And, and let, me show, let me show you from the scripture. It continues at least three to four generations. Do you believe me? You don't? Let's see. From the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It continued on. It continued on. For example, <clears throat> these three great men that we always hear in the Old Testament, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, the father, the son, and the son, okay? How about lying? <clears throat> hey, this morning I was telling the uh, people in the class, SLA, <clears throat> Do you see that? The, our Bible is so authentic, isn't it? Um, uh, unlike those skeptics that, 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 that says that, oh, your Bible not true, uh, not reliable, uh, they are just blowing the trumpet, uh, they are like just trying to make people look nice. And that's why we say, no, 
Look at our Bible, look at our scripture, it's so authentic. One instance is like this. It's like, huh? If we want to really elevate that, oh, we want to show that, oh, God, uh, God's people are holy, holy, then all these things will not be recorded. One. But the Bible records lying. God's people, God's chosen people lying. <laughs> Abraham? Abraham lied, remember? Abraham lied about who? Sarah, his own wife. <laughs> oh, this is not my wife, my sister. Meme, Koko. You know, yeah, because he was afraid that people will kill him and take his wife, correct? No, like, I'm afraid, so I better tell you know, people that he is my, she is my sister so that they will treat me nicely. Oh, your sister, so pretty. Hey, come on, you want something or not? You know, like, oh, I'll treat you well. Lie, not one time, you know, one, two times. How about Isaac? Did Isaac, Isaac, his marriage was all characterized by lies. How about Jacob? Oh boy. Do you know the meaning of Jacob? Deceiver. <laughs> Isaac, what were you thinking? Why you give the name like that? Deceiver or liar? Oh, lo and behold, truly, Jacob was a deceiver. He kept deceiving everyone and everybody that he can find. And guess what? He passed on to his children. Remember? Jacob had many sons, right? And then all the sons did the same thing to him. They lied. All the 10 sons lied to Jacob, their father, about who? About Joseph. They killed, no, they, sorry, not they killed, they wanted to kill. But they sold Joseph away into slavery and they came back and said, Father, your son died now. Very bad. The wild animal, oh, we tried to, but cannot. We only got this one. They lied. They deceived their father. It's like, where did they learn that from? <clears throat> okay? And then what about favoritism? Ha! Ah, big thing, isn't it? Abraham, of course, Abraham favored who? Yeah. And then how about Isaac? <coughs> it runs through in all these generations. How about the next one? Sibling rivalry. It's like, yeah, oh yes, of course. Isaac and who? Isaac and? Isaac and Saul, is it? Ishmael or Ishmael, right? Jacob and Esau. You, you know that. All right. How about marriage issues? All of them have issues. Abraham had issues because Abraham couldn't and so he, he slept. With who? Hagar. How about Isaac? Terrible relationships. Jacob, likewise. So it, it, it went down the three generations. And then finally, it came to who? Joseph. Because Joseph was the chosen one. Okay? Joseph was the chosen line. And Joseph, therefore, continued with all this, right? No. Joseph didn't. And that's where the twist came about. Do you know Moses who recorded Genesis? That's what we believe. In Genesis, well, the huge part of Genesis was focused on Joseph. The life story of Joseph. Now you may wonder like, why? There's a reason for that. <clears throat> because in Joseph's time, through the generation of Joseph, the buck stopped. 
We always say, right, let the buck stop here. And the buck stopped at Joseph. And actually come to think of it, all the other sons of Jacob continued on with all this lying favoritism and all those. But it was Joseph who was the chosen one. There was a break. There was a break from the past. And Joseph's story, we all know, right? Joseph was the <clears throat> favorite son of who? Jacob. Favoritism. And so, of course, the other son's jealous. Because the father, Jacob, will, it was not just the first time that Joseph gave, uh, Jacob gave his son, Joseph, the colorful coat. And when he gave that one, and Joseph had a dream that everyone, his family members, even his father and mother, will bow down before him. Everybody got angry and jealous. And that's how the brothers, Joseph brothers, schemed. They said, okay, let's kill him. And then we will be done with his dreams. And then they said, no, 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 no. I think let's just sell it away into slavery. And then they decided to sell him away into a slavery, and they came back and deceived the father, saying that your son died, a wild animal devoured him. <clears throat> but we know the story that Joseph went on, he was sold into slavery, and then he went to Potiphar's house, and then God's favor was with him, and then he saw God's favor, and Potiphar exalted him, he became the prime minister by interpreting on the dreams and all those, he became the one of the most influential person in Egypt. And remember the story, the famous stories about the dream that the uh, <coughs> Egyptian king had about the famine, seven years, seven, seven, seven years of, uh, uh, of plenty and then seven years of famine. And <coughs> Joseph was the governor. He was the very important, he was the one who would distribute food over, uh, over all the world. And so there was, there was famine all over the world and where Jacob and his sons were, they had famine, so they heard that, oh, Egypt is distributing food. We can buy the food from there. And so Jacob asked the children, the, the, the sons to go. They came, and lo and behold, they, they met with who? They met Joseph. Did they recognize Joseph? No. Why? Because Joseph had beard? No. Or because Joseph was like, you know? No, because it has been many years. It has been many years. So Joseph grew up. But did Joseph recognize them? Yes, he did. But he didn't reveal his identity first, right? And Joseph played along. It's like kind of like, okay, there was, there was this uh, stopping of the buck, but Joseph has this natural tendency to also play around a bit of fool like his father, right? Because he was playing around with his brothers, you know, manipulating them, you know, asking them because he wanted to see his brother. He wanted to see his father. And so he was asking them, you know, blaming them that they were spies. You know, I will not send you back until you bring your brother, your youngest brother, that kind of stuff. So, when, 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 when uh, Joseph saw the brothers, what happened? Naturally, what do you think what happened? Of course, he was shocked and he was angry. And so what the scripture tells us is this. Joseph gave orders to take away their silver I mean, because they, 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 they brought silver to buy the food. So they said, we want to buy the food. When Joseph saw, Joseph gave orders to take away their silver, put all of them in prison, and hang them secretly. And after that, sent a word to their families, what animals have eaten them up on their way to Egypt. Perfect plan. Great scheming. Learn 
well from his father, right? And also, of course, from his brothers. Some of you are giving me a disapproval look. I'm glad you are doing that because this is not what the scripture says, okay? This is not what the scripture says. But if we were to think logically of the carrying on of from one generation to the second to the third to the fourth, this is exactly what would happen, isn't it? Joseph would do exactly this one. He would kill all of them and he will send word to their families saying the they were coming or they were robbed and they were killed or wild animals at them up on their way to Egypt. But this is not what Joseph did. That's why we said the box stopped at Joseph. There was a break away from the past. This is what the scripture says. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags, bags with grain and to put each man's silver back into his sack. Like what? Showing kindness instead? That's what, that's why we say the buck stopped at Joseph. There was a break away from the generational behaviors, behavioral and thinking patterns that were not healthy. And to give them provisions even for their journey. And after this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and they left. That's what they did. That's what Joseph did. This is the true one. And then guess what? There were a lot of things that were going around because Joseph was just trying to uh, uh, play around and then so to bring them around. <clears throat> then finally, Joseph brought the brother, Joseph brought um, the, the, the father as well and then he took care of all of them, right? That was the story. Joseph did not take any revenge. Joseph did not <clears throat> uh, uh, continue with any of the patterns of lying, favoritism and rivalry and issues and all those. But instead, he took care of them. To the point that his fa- until his father died. So the father died. Jacob died. Jacob died. Then what happened? The brothers still didn't get over what they did to Joseph. You know, of course, they shouldn't get over it. I mean, they did a, such a ridiculous thing, isn't it? I mean, how can you do that to your own brother? Now, of course, we say that, but if we were in their shoes, I think we would have also done the same thing. So, when Jacob, their father, died, what did the brothers think? This is what the brothers thought. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if? <laughs> because they're not over yet. What if? What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Why were they thinking like that? Very simple. It has all to do with the thinking patterns from the family of origin. That's what they have been thinking. That's what they do. You take back from me, I take back from you. Why were they thinking like that? Because that's exactly what they would do if they were in the place of Joseph. But here it comes. Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Because Joseph knew they were afraid. Am I in the place of God that I can judge you? I am not. And then Joseph said this famous saying that many people quote this. And it says, you intended to harm me, but God. (laughs) You intended to harm me, but God. I think this is a great, great phrase to use 
Please use this. But God, but God, all the project is going to fail. But God, all my relationship is gone. But God, oh, I don't see any light in this scenario. Oh, but God, but God. I think it's a good phrase. You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The saving of many lives. So, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, it continued all. The lying, favoritism, sibling, rivalry, and all those, all these issues, behavioral patterns, thinking patterns of the family, it continued on until Jacob, but it stopped with Joseph. So this is where is an example that sees. That's why it's, it's, you and I may think like, ah, it's a big issue. Well, what's the big deal? That if we can get some of the behavioral patterns, behavioral thinking patterns from our family of origin, what's the big deal? Yeah, I leave it, that's it. Then my kids can just do their own. They can choose how they would want to think and, and go with life. That's what, what we may think. But there is a pattern and I think many psychologists and all those, they, 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 they agree with that. And that's why there's always this, like, going back to move forward. There's, like, going back to address some of the family history and all those so that you can move forward, that kind of stuff. Because, you see, it's not just, it does not just impact us. If we carry that, especially those unhealthy ones, it does not end with you. Because those patterns, unhealthy patterns that you get from the family of origin, it has the potential to affect the rest, the next three to four generations. And if if we are not careful, it just gets actually worse. (laughs) You, You realize or not? The pattern, it became worse. Look at Jacob's sons, it became worse from Abraham became worse, uh, Isaac became worse, then Jacob became even worse. So that has the potential, it has the potential. That's why we need to think, if we are going to think about our emotional health, there is a link to our emotional health with our family of origin. The, the, The patterns that we have received from. And so the more you know about your family, the more you will know about your true self, isn't it? That's why it's important if you, if, you, if you try to dig in and think about, okay, what are some of the behavioral patterns? What are some of the patterns that I've, 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 I'm carrying on? The more you dig out your own family history and influences, the more you will, about, you will know about yourself, authentic self. And when you know about your own authentic self, the more freedom you will have to make decisions about what you want to change and how you want to change and how you want to continue on to live. You see, there's a saying that says you can never change until you know what is the problem, isn't it? So that's the same principle here. If you want to move forward, if you want to look, look towards a greater spiritual vitality, greater spiritual health, then it is connected to something that is beneath the surface we call the emotional health. And emotional health is connected to our family origin, the patterns that we receive from them. And live unaddressed, we are setting ourselves up for tragic consequence. And the worst scenario is we still don't 
figure it out. We are still unaware. To the point that finally, at one point, we say, you know what? It doesn't work for me. Christianity doesn't work for me. Well, Jesus said what? Your Jesus said, the Bible said, I will have abundant life. I will have peaceful life. I will have this kind of great life. But look at me. 10 years already, 20 years of Christian, but I am not enjoying anything. I am all the same. Why am I not changed? And then we realize that actually it's not Jesus who's not changing us. Jesus has already given us the power to change, the grace to change. But it's just that we have forgotten there is such thing called beneath the surface. Brothers and sisters in Christ, my friends, we are all like icebergs, aren't we? Oh, you don't know that? We are all like icebergs. What I see is just the tip of the surface. But there are many things beneath the surface, right? And so those are the things we should be digging out. Those are the things that we should be addressing. And that's the thing that we are talking about. A family is one part of doing that. <coughs> Whatever family you come from, some of us come from a very broken family. And I wish you had not come from there, but you have. And whether you know it or not, that actually has impacted you a lot. That family of origin you come without you even knowing is playing a great role in your own discipleship to Jesus. The family of origin you came from whether it's a non-Christian family or whether it's a Christian family but a broken, messed up Christian family and all the behavior patterns you saw from your parents, your siblings, all this has great impact and it's impacting you in your walk with God. It's impacting you in your spiritual maturity. That's why on the surface we can be all good and nice, say the right thing, say the good thing but inside of us. And that's why some of us, we fall under depression. Some of us, we fall under seclusion. Some of us, we say, you know what? I gave up Christianity. They renounce their faith. So that's, it, it's, it has great implication. That's why I said if we leave it unaddressed, if you leave it unaddressed, you are, setting up your, you are setting yourself up for tragic consequence. And the worst scenario would be even, and you don't know about it. You're going through tragic consequence and you are not aware of it. You are falling apart spiritually and you are not aware of it because you are so numb to being spiritually numb. And I think it's a wake-up call for some of us perhaps. You don't have to be stuck where you are. You don't have to be. You cannot blame your parents. I think whatever your parents did, they did to the best of your interest. Of course, some parents may not be, but I think most are. They did the best what they could. And some of the things, right, I mean, for some of us who have grown up, I, I'm sure you know. It's like, now that you look back, now that you have your own kids, Ah, now I understand why my parents always say that. Now I understand why my parents are always worried, right? On hindsight, you look, huh? But when you are in the moment, you, you don't know. 
You don't know why my parents are so unreasonable and that affected you, that kind of like, you, you, you conclude to certain behavior, thinking pattern and you bring it in your life. And sometimes you blame your parents. If my parents were not like that, right? If my marriage was not like that, if my kids were not like that, if my grandparents were not like that, then... So in other words, when we say that, we are basically what? Doing the blaming game. And, and I tell you, yes, I, I, I justify you to the, certain, to the certain degree that yes, they are to be blamed. But my point is here, blaming does nothing good to you and nothing good to anybody. You keep blaming, you get stuck, you get stuck and you get numbed. And you get jaded along the way. But if you and I says, you know what? I'm not going to blame. Joseph, look at Joseph. He did not blame God. He did not blame anyone. But he went on with his life. He went on working hard. He went on with the good motive. And that's how he made it. Of course, God's favor was with him. So... The more you know about your family, you would know about yourself. And the more you know about yourself, the more you have the freedom to make the decision about what you want to change and how you want to live. You can choose to say like this. You know what? All right. You know, this part, this part of my family or family of origin patterns that I have received, you know what? Of course, you have to identify. This part, I want to keep. These are good. I want to keep them. You know what? These parts, these ones, I want to throw them away. And I want to replace them with something else. So you can say that because the more you know, you are aware of your family, you are aware of your own self, you, are, you have the more freedom to make the decision to say, you know what? I choose to let these remain because they are good. And I choose and I will try and I will work on it to let all these negative ones pass away. I'm not going to blame my parents. I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not going to blame my siblings. I'm not going to blame God. But I'm going to look into it. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to let the buck stop here. Not just for my own sake, but for the sake of the next three to four generations. Because I don't want it to be like Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's sons, except Joseph. But I like to be like Joseph. You can be Joseph, said, the box stops with me. So the question is, what are the things about your family patterns that you want to keep? What are the things? What are the good things that you want to keep? And what are the things that about your family patterns that you do not want to bring with you to the next generation? Or should I put it this way? What are the things about your family that you should not, you should not carry on and you should not bring to your next generation? What are the things? So here are the three practical steps, very simple one. Identify, decide, act. Identify, decide, act. Identify your family patterns. You may think, ah, is that? Because there are some things that we really don't know. Like I said last week, ask the Holy Spirit. Let him ask him to reveal to you. Because some of the patterns that you have, you may not realize it. It actually came from your family. And you have been blaming your school. You have been blaming your church. You have been blaming whatsoever. 
So it's good to identify. Ask the Holy Spirit to identify for you because you cannot solve an issue if you do not know what the issue is to begin with. Identify. After you identify, then what you do? You don't just like, wow, wow, so bad, wow, like that. No. After that, you decide, okay, you shift out, you filter it out. Okay, 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 okay. Now go this one, go this category. Okay, this is the one I want to keep, this is the one I want to throw away. This is the one I want to keep, this is the one I want to throw away. You decide, you decide what to keep, what to throw away. Now, if you are thinking, you should be asking me in your mind right now like this. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Fine. What to keep, fine. Good values, okay, I understand. But, huh? What to throw away? How to know what to throw away? Right or not? How, how do I know what to throw away? You ask me that question, I also don't know. You figure it out. But, if I were to give you one suggestion, is this one. What to throw away? One good principle is this. As Jesus followers, if you are a Jesus follower, it's something like no choice for you and me. <laughs> if you're not a Jesus follower, you know what? Jesus is good. <laughs> you, know? you don't have to believe in Jesus to follow his teachings. So, what to throw away? Well, here's the principle. Decide based on the teachings of Jesus. In other words, if there are things that you have inherited from the family, your family of origin, the patterns that are not, the, the patterns that are against the teachings and values that Jesus taught, that's why you decide. Okay, jealousy. Uh, uh no. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, no. That's why you decide. Okay, this is not. This is not in, in line with my. This is not in line with the teaching of Jesus. So I'm gonna do away. I'm gonna throw away. Oh, but. Okay. There was a conversation I, 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 I did strike this week, last week, <clears throat> with this brother. <clears throat> and then this brother was telling me, uh, <clears throat> we are Chinese, you know, I'm Chinese, so uh, as Chinese, we, are, we, 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 we like to avoid conflict, you know. This, this Chinese thinking, Chinese thinking is like, okay, what benefits me, you know. So this is, this is what I, this is, Chinese, you know, so, and we are Chinese, I'm like, yeah, exactly, that's what I was thinking about my sermon, that's, yeah, that's, that's what it is, so ingrained, yeah, we are Chinese, you know, so, and then because the issue was because we were talking about some, uh, 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 the, the, the um, Bible uh, verses and all those, and then, ah, oh, I think they did all this because they have an ulterior motive and all those, you know, because I'm like, how do you get that? Oh, because this is what I think, I said, how, why do you think like that? Oh, because I'm a Chinese, I'm like, okay, but are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> like, okay, so, so this is what I mean. You see, it becomes a hindrance because I'm a Chinese, so this is how we are brought up with. This is our mentality. And so we bring that mentality, this pattern, pattern of thinking and behavior, and with that landscape, we look into the scripture and we look into Christ. That's not the way it should be. It should be the other way around. And so that's what it means. If we are not doing the other way around, it's going to hamper, it's going to stumble you. And that's where we don't grow. So I was saying like, wow, but you are a Christian, right? So as a Christian, you should let the teachings of Jesus kind of do on you, right? Which I understand, I, say it's, I know it's very difficult. But that. That's why Christian journey is exciting. It's, 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 a, it's a whole 
makeover. You know, it's a whole makeover for good, for good, for good, for good. Not for bad. Jesus, you know, you know the life story of Jesus. So, decide which one and then act on it. Act on it. Act on, okay, do it. Because you have the power to change. Because I have the power to change. Like Joseph. Like Joseph, you can. Like Joseph, I can. Not because we are like Joseph. (laughs) You can and I can like Joseph. Not because we are like Joseph. But let me tell you. But because there is someone like Joseph. There is someone like Joseph when he was born on this earth. He stopped the buck with him. And he stopped the buck of not just one, two, three, four generation of families or human, but he stopped the buck of the entire human race. Yes, you're right. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. When he came, in him and through him, the, the buck called sin of entire human race, he stopped it. And so that's why you can. I can. We can break away from the past, the power of the past. We can break away from those power that shapes and influence and that kind of influences even to today. To the point that some of you said, no, I cannot. I'm too old already. It's like I'm an old bamboo. You, you bend me, I will, I, will, I will crack. I will, you know, break, sorry. Break, crack. <laughs> yeah, you crack first, then you break. <laughs> okay? And they say, like, you give up already. But we have forgotten that there is a man like Joseph, even better, Jesus, who has given us because he has broken the curse of the entire human race. So, that's why In the New Testament, the disciple, especially Paul, understood that. And that's where he said this, which is very famous. Everybody knows this. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say together, one to go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The key phrase here is through Christ. And so my brothers and sisters in Christ... I am not saying it's going to be easy. I mean, some of the patterns that I have, I have still. I am still struggling as I was thinking about my own patterns of my family, which is affecting me in my own bringing up with my kids. I realized like, oh, yeah, that's something that I got it from my parents. That's something that I got it from my father because my father is the one who disciplined. Ah, wow. It's going to be hard. It's going to take longer for some of you. But through Christ in you, through Christ in me, we've been given the power, we've been given the grace to break free. So if you would rely on him, if you identify, if you decide, and if you act on it, the Holy Spirit will give you the grace because of what Christ has done for you through Christ in you, through Christ in me. So that's my encouragement for all of us today. And I hope that we will continue the journey for the next four to five weeks. In closing, I want to share this song with you. Sorry, 
not share. I want to play this song for you. No, I want you to listen. Sounds like I'm going to sing. No, I, uh, I don't know whether you, you heard it that way, but I heard it myself like this. Huh, you're going to sing? No, okay. But I wanted to sing, but it's a new song, but I did that, okay. Anyway, this song that I found and I was sharing with my, uh, with my uh, uh, TGB class this morning, it's like just, it brought me tears as I was listening to this song this week. <clears throat> the first two lines uh, just, just blew me away. You know, the first two lines, what it says, it says like this. Listen to this one. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. <laughs> it's like the best that heaven got for us, the best that heaven got for human race has already been given through Christ. There is nothing left for heaven to give you. You know why? Because the heaven has already given everything for you, for me. Heaven came down on earth. Heaven came down to you. Wait, still better. Heaven came into you in the person of Jesus and now in the person of the Holy Spirit. So you can, I can break from those unhealthy patterns that we have received from our families. We can choose to say, I have a bad experience with my family, but I ain't going to let this continue in my next generation. You may say, my marriage was messed up, but I'm not going to let that happen for my kids. My father treated me badly, but I'm not going to do that with my kids. I'm going to let it stop with me. Those are the negative ones, but there are also positive ones. I am going to be like my father who sacrificed everything, who thought of me before himself. I'm going to go on. I'm going to pass it on that good thing to my next generation. I'm going to be like my mother who despite of her own suffering, didn't give up and stood firm for my sake. I'm going to be like my mother. I'm not going to think about myself. I'm going to think about others. I'm going to think about my children. I tell you, it's going to change everything. So that's my encouragement for all of you. And so with that, I want to... <clears throat> Ask Raymond to play the song and be blessed by this.
Let me just close. Father, we thank you. Would you bless us, O God, as we trust in you, knowing that, Lord, it is not us, but through Christ in us. We have all the victories. Let our hope not despair, therefore. Thank you. In Christ's name. Amen.